Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brown Bag. Uh, tonight, uh, we are wrapping up our NSXT series with Britton Johnson and everything old is new again. We're going to talk about getting off of NSXV for NSXT with a migration coordinator. Um, but before we get to that, a few housekeeping notes. Uh, we are doing this show live on a Wednesday. Um, that's our time, 7.30 p.m. Central every Wednesday. We have other times and other shows in other regions. Uh, if you want to register to join us live, go check out vbrownbag.com slash brownbags. Check out the brown bag, vbrownbag that meets your region. And th that is a note for the YouTube audience. Those of you joining us uh, live, uh, did you know we have a YouTube channel? We sure do. It's on youtube.com slash vbrownbag. All of our past content, all our press presentations are up there, view available for you viewing. There are over 2,000 of them. So lots of great content for you to catch up on there. Um, if you're watching this live, you want to join in the conversation, please feel free. Use the Zoom chat or Q&A, uh, or you can even tweet us using the hashtag vbrownbag. I'll be checking that out, making sure to keep up with it, and pass any questions you have along to our presenter, who tonight is once again the wonderful Britton Johnson at VCIX. NV on Twitter. Say hello, Britton. Hey, how are you, Ken? I'm doing well. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for doing the series. I'm really excited to have it. It's yeah. Been great. Uh, great content to have up on, on the YouTubes and for our live audience. I'm going to go and hand, hand it over to you now. So let me hit the stop share button and let you take it away. Let me get started here. All right. I really dislike the way when you start a slideshow you that you can't start Zoom or share your Zoom easily. All right, I think we got the right one. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Get the Zoom to work while you're full screen. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me get my clicker working too. I got so much junk to do. Uh, okay. Fun. I think we're. I think we're. We're started. I think we're ready. I see your disclaimer slide, so I think we're good. Good. Uh, well, welcome to the party to end all parties of this year's uh, V Brown Bag NSXT series. Um, this has been yet another educational and infotainmentable. In, in I'm making. I make up a word. Um, in, infotainmentable. There you go. Uh, series for this year. Uh, Ken, thanks for working with me again on this. This has been a fun collaboration project. You're quite welcome. It was very entertainment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we have some, you know, of course, live people uh, in attendance on the Zoom. And I actually have live people in attendance in my office tonight. So this will be a fun show. Hello, audience. Yeah. All right. So I think that's enough time over the uh, disclaimer slide. So I'm just going to mosey on here. All right. Um, first thing I wanted to kind of get out the uh, the cat out the bag on this. This is a, a V to V to T migration strategy session. This this presentation, uh, as I have tried to put it together, is not meant to be an answer to all V to T migration scenarios. Um, as many of us who worked in IT for any amount of time knows, there is no one one size fits all approach to really anything in IT. Um, the goal for the talk is really to get customers thinking about migrating and ultimately contacting your VMware account team to set up a conversation with them to get your specific migration project off the ground. Um, VMware is providing a lot of different resources and services to help customers get migrated. So please reach out today to your team if you haven't already gotten started. Um, you know, just as a quick little general reminder, NSX for vSphere general support is cutting off and ending as of January 16th, 2022. That is a few short months away. Um, so that's my personal little disclaimer at the beginning before I get jumping into this. Uh, who am I? Hopefully you guys everybody knows who I am by now, but I'm Ren Johnson. I'm an SXSE or VCNSE covering healthcare. Um, and uh, I podcast things. I occasionally post some stuff on Twitter, not very often, but, you know, and I have a bunch of um, random vSphere VMware certifications. Um, I I had this crazy idea pop into my head this week that maybe I should actually try to put together a VCDX defense, but boy, I'm just not sure yet. You are wild and crazy. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, agenda for the series again the, the we've we've gone through some really good stuff through throughout this whole process this year um good nsxt update the atp advanced threat protection series and the design session last time uh, where i actually made ken do some work um so all of these are i, I felt like were really good content um and then i think today should be a good one as well for the bdt migration um as we round out the series for 2021 uh as with all times that i do this so here's my learning resources slide um still gonna once and forever always refer back to the original series that ken and i did last year deep in the heart of COVID, as i like to refer to it um you know there's still tons and tons of good information in there i still get uh, good positive feedback from people who are thousands of people who have viewed them um and you know people who are using it for their certification journey and all kinds of good things so um, you know, that's this is this whole series is meant to be an addendum to that original series. Um, other good resources for migration specifically, always check out the NSX Tech Zone. Um, and there is a whole migration path area on the NSX Tech Zone of, you know, ways and strategies and things that a lot of the stuff we'll cover through tonight. Again, this is not going to be an exhaustive presentation tonight, but we're going to cover kind of the highlights of stuff. Um, did find this this week as well. There's a lot of just these good ebook resources that the VMware, um, you know, uh, and, and networking and security business unit pumps out for good resource information like this. So that you can certainly go out and register yourself to get a free copy of this migrate to VMware NSXT ebook. Um, it's almost like a 200 page book. So it's got you know, like really, really, really good detailed information on how to do the process, you know, things to consider, all that kind of stuff. Um, go, go, go get that if you need some good reading. Um, also, you know, again, this is not going to be an exhaustive presentation, so I'm not going to get into the third-party partner migration tools that are out there. Just know that they're, they do exist, um, and they, they are certainly, uh, you know, another option if you're, you know, in a scenario where maybe, you know, again, one size doesn't fit all. Maybe our, our migration coordinator won't do all the things that you need it to for your specific uh, migration. That's why there are partner tools out there to do other things that we can't, um, at least not yet. And so that's you know why they are there and why they are partners. Okay, I think that's enough of an introduction. Ken, did I miss anything? Very thorough attainment. I'm gonna take that as a no. No, that, that was a no. I don't think you missed anything. <laughs> I like to ask you questions because that gives me time to take a drink. So, oh, I'm very good then. Yeah. All right. Um, how did we get here? So, uh, you know, this, this is my take, my own personal take on how we got to this point of NSX as a product from vSphere to NSXT. Um, so, this is, you know, if anybody in marketing is watching this, this is not, you know, anything that that cor corporately from VMware stance, and this is not necessarily the story, but this is my, my version of it. Um, after a few successful years with NSX for vSphere, you know, it became very clear that the tight interlock between NSX and vSphere as the, the platform that vSphere is, um, was, you know, not necessarily enabling NSX to be adopted on a wider front. So it wasn't able to easily connect out to public clouds. Um, it, it limited us to vSphere-only platforms, so we couldn't connect to other hypervisors. Um, there was just kind of a, you know, because it was so locked into one way of doing things, um, it made it difficult to do um, other types of services and products and things that we wanted to connect to and, certain, and offer protection and services for. So VMware had to pivot away from being integrated exclusively with vSphere and move to a product that would allow greater flexibility and deployment for public clouds you know, and also enable it uh, to, to work more seamlessly for dedicated networking teams who don't have experience with vSphere. Um, I ran into that a lot as a consultant where I'd, I'd talk to these, these networking teams who were you know, trying to work with it with NSX for vSphere. And they're just like, we've never once logged into to vCenter. So we don't know how to do anything in vSphere. And now we have to do this networking stuff in vSphere. So how do we do this? So that was a big driver into why NSXT became a thing was just because there's a lot of networking people who don't do anything in virtualization products, who didn't know how to do anything in, v, in a v, in a v center. Now all of a sudden they're trying to do networking things in a, in a virtualization space. And then the, of course the vSphere admins were a little bit you know, cautious and leery of giving network people access into their environment. So 
So all of that turns into we build NSXT. It has a separate uh, detached interface from vSphere. Um, but, you know, as with all things, keep an eye for the future. You know, there may be some other integrations coming with NSXT. Aha. And vSphere. So that is how we got here. This is where we are. We're moving from vSphere to NSXT. Let's get this party started. Okay, the so as we roll into this, you know, moving from NSX to vSphere, there's a few things that we got to consider as we roll through this, and you know, the the journey from NSX, you know, for vSphere to NSXT data center requires a lot of careful planning and preparation. Um, you need to be familiar with NSXT data center concepts, and you know, uh, the the lingo even from product to product is a little bit different. Um, so there's you know, just certain that things that will help you as you understand things as you go through it. And of course, the biggest way to get um, familiar with the product right off the bat is through education. Um, you know, so stuff like you know, the V Brown Bag series that we put out last year and this year is a good place to start. Um, it's no, by no means an end really, but you know, it, is, it is kind of a place to you know, begin your education process to begin to get familiar with the terminology of things. And then, of course, we have the full, um, you know, VMware-led and delivered education courses. Um, there's education courses from other partners that are out there available. And it's just one of these areas of, um, especially for the teams who are going to be running this thing, um, you know, training within NSXT, within NSXT, just because it's different enough that we really kind of need to forget what you know about NSX for vSphere and try to you know, it's easier to, it really is easier to start over and just kind of re relearn the concepts as a new construct. Uh, it actually helps, you know, your adoption of what it's doing um, in that, in the, in that means. So getting, getting real training, you know, is a, is a kind of really it's step number one. Okay. Um, discovery. So in the discovery phase, you know, we're, we're analyzing, you know, the existing NSX for vSphere deployment to understand use cases, um, existing designs and things for the, for the networking constructs, if you're using the networking components, security services, firewall rules, things that are in existence. You know, there are differences between how we did some, just some uh, security groupings and distributed firewall rules in NSX for vSphere and how they are now handled in NSX, in NSXT. So, uh, the discovery phase of this is, 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 you know, again, very important and very much uh, a, a major portion of going through the process of this migration. POC and trial. Um, you know, this is, it's not really, I wouldn't say that this is a requirement for a migration, but if I was an engineer working for, a, you know, a, a customer who's using and relying on NSX, um, this is absolutely a step that I would take. Um, I mean, I, I always tell people, you know, like when I was first getting started with NSX, um, you know, I, I didn't really learn and get NSX as a product um, until I had installed it a handful of times. It just took me because I'm just that much of a gearhead and I have to do things with my hands and get dirty with the product. Um, you know, it just took a while for me to do that. NSXT, you know, doing the same thing with NSXT, the, the curve for me was a lot faster. Um, and so it's, you know, kicking the tires on it, you know, understanding where things are, getting used to the UI and how it's laid out, all that stuff happens and has been really is best done, you know, in a POC or in some sort of a trial environment. So you're not learning on the fly. Um, testing in production is never really recommended. Coexisting. So, you know, this, this is an optional piece of it, but it is not a terrible way to go either because if you have the hardware, and this is, that's kind of the caveat here, if you have the hardware running NSX side-by-side, side, NSXT side-by-side side with V, you know, can again, give you a lot of uh, flexibility and options to be able to understand, you know, where, where things are now versus where they were. Um, and you can kind of reference back and call back to the way things were built in NSX for vSphere. Gives you a lot of, uh, you know, again, places to do the old uh, stare and compare as one of my old bosses used to say. The last piece is actually migrating workloads from NSX V to T, um, you know, and that's really kind of where the rubber meets the road. So this is where all the magic happens. Um, and then this is where, you know, you're, you're going to trust that the plan that you went through um, got you where you needed to get to. 
and we'll kind of talk through the, the bits and steps of what that plan looks like here as we roll through this uh, rest of this journey. So back on the steps, Britain, question real quick. What do you see more often in terms of the, the coexist step, people either choosing to run the both side by side or people choosing to go directly from V to T and, you know, what kind of gotchas do you see in, in either of those situations? Um, so I, I, I see there, there's, there's, there's no simple answer to that, Ken. Um, there, there really is, it is a mixed bag because all, across all of the, you know, I don't know, 50 or so customers that I cover, um, it's, it's a mixed bag. Uh, and depending upon their deployment of what they're using, I mean, there's some of the some of the deployments like in uh, earlier versions of Cloud Foundation and VVDs, um, you know, it's by design to have both side by side. So it, it just depends, really. Um, I hate that answer, but you know, it, in organizations that have the ability to do both, you know, they, they seem to be able to to you know do both to some degree. So that they can kind of cut things over, but I think the ones that I've seen where it's been most successful are the organizations who, um, you know, go through a planning process like we're going to walk through, define clear and and set schedules and migration goals, and just do a direct cutover and just you know build the platform, move the workloads, cut the old one off, and be done with it. Um, you know, so it's it's been those are the ones that I've seen them be the most successful where they. Just you know, say we're do, we're we're doing this. This is where it's going. We're not going back, and we're moving forward. All right. So three critical components: you know, config, data plane, workload. These are the things that really you have to you know that that make up sort of the NSXT V to T migration components, um, and a lot of this stuff. Uh, if you watch back on the YouTube's one episode prior to this one, where we talked about the NSXT design framework, um, I think that will actually really will help in establishing the workflow for an NSXT migration. Because ultimately, the same kind of rules apply. Where you, you know, Ken, do you remember the four things that we had to identify? I'm going to quiz you on this. Um, there were risks, assumptions. Uh, that's two constraints. That's three requirements. You got it, man. I'm good. Did you cheat <laughs> all my life? <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you have to identify the constraints, requirements, assumptions, and the risks. Um, you know, and that's just sort of the, the repeated process of, of what we do as we go through projects and everybody who works in it rolls through that at some level or another. Um, and, and if you're getting into, you know, architectural and design type IT roles, you know, that's basically your day every day. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's the same kind of deal in this process. So, you know, as the slide illustrates, you know, each section has a, a different potential tool set that can be used or decision points to make, you know, in each one of these sections, we're going to look at specific areas. So, you know, in the config section, you know, yeah, maybe the migration coordinator is the thing that will work the best to move the config over, but maybe there are portions of your config in NSX for vSphere that are custom that can't be moved by the migration coordinator. And so you have to use something like, you know, custom scripts or third-party tools. And so it's, it's the same kind of thing where, you know, yeah, you're going to have to identify those constraints and assumptions and requirements and risks so that you can actually get through these steps to get this, um, to get this thing migrated over from one place to the other. And these are sort of the three pillars that you know, make up uh, you know, what this migration looks like. And each one of these pillars you know, requires a, a specific set of analysis and, and, a, and a sort of decision tree on how best to perform the migration. And as with then again, and the, 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 if there's a repeating theme with this talk tonight, as with all things, there is not a one size fits all approach. All right, migration approaches. It's going to start kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit. I'm just going to build these out because otherwise I forget to click. All right. So first, you know, we're going to look at is the coexistence approach. Um, and so this is, you know, uh, 
from a high level, what, what we're talking about here really is, you know, you've got two distinct environments, um, you know, with, with where you can, you can stand up a new NSXT environment And you can stand up your like you know and you have your, your legacy NSX for vSphere environment. The way this works best, and you know the way they 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 kind of have termed this is for if we have work the workloads that are like cattle, where you know they're short lived or their the lifespan on them has a set end, and you know that at some point you're going to vacate um, those workloads. You know, we either their lifespan will just be done, and they can you know they can go away. And then the, you know anything new that you stand up just gets automatically. Anything new you stand up just automatically gets added into the new NSXT environment, and then eventually once once the old environment is drained out of all of its workloads, it can just go away. Um, you know that's that's where we've seen you know kind of the those types of coexistence migrations work. But again, I think if you're doing you know this this particular method, you probably need to have already started on this by now. Um, for most organizations that are looks watching this as this video is live or published, um, you know, with with only a few months remaining of support, if you haven't already started this journey where you're moving stuff into the new NS16 environment, it might, you know, depending upon your organization, it might be a little bit too late. Um, but in general, you know, that's that, that's the coexistence idea where if you have the time you have a, a defined type of workload that can, you know, die out and, and, and let, let you put new stuff in the new environment. Um, you know, that's, that's where that tends to work. All right. The next one is lift and shift. So this is where, you know, yeah, you've got workloads that, um, you know, are, are more like instead of cattle, they're pets. And these are the things that you love and they're cuddly and you want to keep them forever. Um, and so these kind of workloads, you know, this is where you're going to have to stand up again, Greenfield, um, you know, we're talking, you know, new hardware and you're going to migrate, you know, over the config piece and you're going to migrate over the workloads. Um, and, and, you know, you can, you know, in some cases, you know, you're able to do this, you know, in, in parallel and with, you know, with existing hardware. Um, and, and it's really just a matter of picking a uh, means of getting there via some sort of a bridge or using another tool like HCX. Um, and I'll dive more into HCX in a minute. But realistically, you know, we, we can share the, the management and the edge in a centralized uh, cluster of hosts to, to you know, limit the amount of resource uh, constraint that, that happens when you're doing this. So we'll, we'll look at a a diagram for that here in a second, um, but this is you know probably the probably I would say probably the most used methodology is just standing up standing up a new greenfield environment for NSXT, moving stuff into it, um, and then retiring the old stuff as you kind of get it down the old take one down pass it around routine. All right, last one, just cut it over. Um, Fully and fully automated in-place migration. So this is where on the same hardware that the workload is on. So the workload doesn't really have to move in this scenario, but you can take an outage for the workload. Um, that's where this kind of tends to work. Um, so this is same hardware. We remove the bits. Um, it's fully, um, full, fully automatically done by the migration coordinator. The workload goes down for, for the time period of where the connectivity switches over. The NSX for vSphere bits get removed. Host is, host is removed from an NSX for vSphere prepped environment cluster. It's added into an NSXT cluster. The NSXT bits get put on it. And then suddenly it's an NSXT you know, uh, transport node. And so now we can uh, use it within the NSXT environment and things just move uh, without actually moving. So that's, you know, I, I would say probably there, there might be, if there's like, 95% of workloads are doing, you know, this sort of lift and shift methodology, probably one to 2%, I think, are doing the in-place fully automated because nobody wants their workloads down really for any amount of time. All right. So this is kind of a quick look at what a coexistence uh, 
environment would look like if you're standing these things up um, and working towards slowly moving things over. Um, we've got the you know legacy you know vSphere compute and edge clusters, your edge services gateways, your distributed logical routers. Uh, the workloads are here. The the hosts prep for V. Um, you know they have the NSX controllers and the NSX manager in the management cluster. So if we have space inside of that management cluster, then we can deploy you know the NSX manager and its controlling pieces, which are all really one uh, piece in, in NSXT versus how things were split up in NSX for vSphere. Um, and then. You know, that kind of gives us some flexibility then to you know yeah, bridge the same vCenter into the new NSX and then start to get get to the point where we can you know stand up new workloads inside the compute cluster on the NSXT cluster side and then again as as your workloads age out or as they can you know be you know turned off and cold migrated over you know that's a, that's a possibility then it's just a matter of updating you know VGP peering for the networks that are coming over so that they know where to go for the new things as they turn up. So we got a couple of different scenarios for the lift and shift migration type here. So this is lift and shift cold. Um, you know, it, it can be done manually a little bit in this method, um, unless you're using the migration coordinator where then you know, everything can be done fully automated. But everything kind of needs to be pre-built pre um, on the greenfield sides that you have a place to go to. And then, you know, the workloads get shut down and they get pulled over. So. You know, NSX, uh, you know, we read the topology out of the vSphere manager with, you know, again, either scripts, third-party tools, or NSX migration coordinator. The topology gets built from that information within the environment. So we're standing up, routing, um, firewalling all the various policies. And then when it's, when it's ready, the workload moves over. Um, you know, it's, and then, then it's just a matter of um, having you know, routes updated and all that on a, on a sub on the subnets, and so the workloads actually have connectivity once they are uh, migrated over. Lift and shift two. So this is similar to the cold, um, but it's done with an NSXT bridge of some sort. So again, multiple ways to kind of look at this. Um, so here we're going to utilize you know a, a layer two uh, edge bridge appliance to extend things over. So we're going to read again, like read the topology with either our scripts or third-party tools or the migration coordinator, create the topology in NSXT. We'll use a NSXT edge bridge appliance. So that is a standalone appliance that gets deployed on the vSphere side. So this is just a simple OVA that, de that deploys into the vSphere side with information from the NSXT side. It extends a layer two network. So that logical switch that exists on the V side gets extended into the T side. And then, you know, at, at such point that you are ready to move things over, we just move the gateway. And then our workloads can come over. And then and at such point that we no longer need that bridge, we can tear it down. And, and then the workloads are, are, are done. The other piece of this is because this is a stateful migration, the, and, and it's a lie, and it can be done, um, you know, live or cold. In this methodology, this, the firewall state for the for the workload it gets migrated from the vSphere distributed firewall to the NSXT distributed firewall on the side. So we're going to keep uh, that the security topology in place because we're comp, you know configuring it before we get there, and then allowing it to move over in a in a smooth manner. So Britton, I noticed one thing on that last slide. You've got you're calling out a specific version of NSXV that they should be moving from? Is there a specific version, uh, you know, or minimum version of NSXT for this migration? Um, I, there's not necessarily a minimum version. This is you know, whenever they set up this particular slide deck. Um, that may have been the version that was available at the time for NSX for vSphere. Um, pretty much, if you're doing any sort of migration today, um, you're going to want to be on Six point four point four is the it would be the one of the minimum ones to do some of this stuff. Um, if you're going in the 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 thing to check when you're doing these up these upgrades and migrations is the interoperability matrix on the website because that will tell you all of the specific versions you need to be at based on your vSphere level 
based on the NSX you're coming from and going to. Um, you know, all of those things need to be double checked and triple checked with the inter with the interoperability matrix. Um, yeah, that's a good call out because who knows when folks are going to see this video, right? Right, exactly. So, I guess my only other follow up question would be then: Does it matter on the destination side what the um, underlying VDS is, whether it's NVDS or converged VDS? Uh, so that is going to largely depend on what version of vSphere you're you're coming from and going to. Okay. So if if we're going, and this is this is also relates back to the version of NSX or vSphere. If you're going to vSphere seven in this this thing, you need to have at least version six point four point six. Um, really recommending to go to six point four point ten, the latest release as of this time, um, because six point four point six was the minimum one that understood the vSphere seven distributed switch construct. Prior to that, vSphere the NSX or vSphere did not understand the virtual distributed switch seven construct. So we couldn't get there, but we had to build that into the, the release of NSX that supported it. So, so, so realistically, yes, depending on when you're watching this, of course, again, it's back to the constraints, assumptions, and risks. Um, you know, you, you, you cannot assume that your versions of are going to be compatible while you're going through this. So you need to call those out as risks and understand what the, you know, how you tear down those risks and make them, um, you know, not not risky anymore as you go through the process. Um, and the version compatibility and planning and all those things um, is, is certainly required as you, you know, run through this process. But in general, the NVDS um, really is only, we'll talk more about that in a, in a minute, um, but it really just depends on the version of vSphere level that you're going to when you get there in the destination. Cool, thanks. Good question, Ken. That's what I'm here for. All right, little, a little bit of a rabbit trail here. Um, so as, as I promised in the uh, description for this thing tonight, um, I was gonna talk about you know, migrating and also talk about HCX. So this is my HCX rabbit trail. Um, and I will do this for doing this for a very specific reason. But also if you go back to the last episode from our 2020 series, I did more of a deeper follow down, not, not really a deep dive, but more of a deep introduction into HCX and what that is. But you can always go back to that. Um, but, but HCX is what, what it is if we're, for the uninitiated. Um, it is the hybrid cloud extension add-in component for NSX. So it's, a, it's, a, it's really a additional product that bolts onto NSX, kind of like Virilla's Network Insight. Um, where it does specific things and adds functionality to NSX that NSX doesn't have natively. Um, you know, it, for, for customers who are doing any sort of workload mobility and migration, HCX is our go-to thing for how to do that. Um, the big deal and re reason for this is it's, the idea is it, it abstracts away the data center from the workload so that the workloads can just pick up and move and go where they need to go. Um, be that, you know, from a legacy vSphere platform into a modern platform like Cloud Foundation or VMC and AWS, um, or any of the hyperscalers as well that support it. So uh, when we talk about doing an NSX V to T migration, you know, HCX comes up a lot because you know, it's a simple way for customers who already have NSX Enterprise Plus licensing to take advantage of a tool that they already own. So they can pick up and move things um, with HCX and get the migration done again with something that they don't have to buy any additional thing licensing for. It's built into the NSX Enterprise Plus. And so they can just turn on the services and it makes really just the migration of the workloads piece that much easier as, it, as they go through the process of doing that. So that's kind of my aside with this. Um, and as we have grown HCX and just even just this year, uh, most of these updates from 4.0 to 4.2, which was released just August of 2021, um, you know, has, has added on, you know, some fairly significant, um, updates and functionality and, and things where we're, we're adding in, you know, predictive estimates for migrating workloads. So you can really see, you know, how long it's going to take to move your workload, um, and, and give you sort of that real-time feedback. So, you know, cause that's kind of the biggest question of I'm moving this, you know, X number of, you know, gigabyte or terabyte workload. How long is it going to take me to get from site A to site B? Um, and that's something we've been really working hard at to build into the product so we can give teams the estimation so they can do proper planning and do migrations in a seamless method. 
and and of course you know it's as all things vmware you know watch the future space because it, like all of our stuff it just keeps getting better and better and better um and and you know so that's my slight aside for hcx here what topology view is what a lift and shift migration with hcx looks like um so again very similar in the beginning part we're reading the topology we're creating the topology in the destination but as part of that destination build out we're going to deploy the hcx managers on the source destination um and then out, out of that we deploy then the hcx interconnect appliances and then out of that we also then connect in the hcx network extension appliances the hcx network extension you know as is noted here does stretch or stitch together the layer two networks from source to destination so that you can move workloads back and forth and get things synced over um, and again this this opens up all of the migration capabilities that hcx has be it you know live or cold or zero downtime with with replication assisted vmotions so and, and, and the last piece of it still is, you know, once you're done with it and you've moved your gateway into the NSXT domain on the destination side, you know, you can, you know, move all that stuff through. And again, you know, there are version things to look at when, when it comes to this kind of stuff as well. But generally speaking, um, the, the NSX version doesn't matter as much with HCX because HCX is going to handle all the work of actually moving the workload. Um, so it's, you know, HCX is designed to kind of mask the, the source side away from the destination side. So the workload doesn't really even understand that it's going to something new. It just, you know, wakes up one day and it's on a new host. Um, and so the, the workload kind of gets, you know, shadow obfuscated away from where the host that it's on. And then all of a sudden it's on a new host. Um, it's quite you know interesting how that happens, but that's a story for another day. So, Brendan, it looks to me like one of the big takeaways would be to for customers to be aware that until that all those segments and their gateways are migrated over, two VMs on the same host but on different segments could experience like some kind of like exit of the host for routing, right? That right. NSX so, is I mean, great at avoiding, but in this migration scenario, the interim that might be subject to that kind of behavior. Yeah, I mean, that that's typical for really any of these migration scenarios where, you know, when the gateway exists on the destination side or on the source side and you need to get it to the destination side, I mean, yeah, just because we're stretching that network over, um, you know, the gateway's, you know, still sitting over here until you get to the point where you're actually cutting it over and, and having the gateway move, um, which is represented by this line, really. Uh, in, in this example and so is that the gateway move process where you know yeah you're gonna have to then you know the, the bgp peers at the top are gonna have to understand and realize oh your that network isn't over here anymore now it's over here um so you know plan accordingly again that's a risk you know for a customer environment because you know not not all bgp networks update at the same speed um and so in general in general you know there there is going to be some potential or downtime um, and most likely some sort of a network outage, be it a few seconds or a few, or maybe a minute. Um, again, and if you're moving and migrating workloads in this process across the country or on the other side of the world, um, you know, you're going to have to plan accordingly. But the most common thing where I see this kind of use case is intra data center, where really you're going from rack to rack. Um, and you're, you're, you just don't want to, you know, build up the bridge of connecting these centers together and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, you're just standing up net new you know, old vCenter to new vCenter and you want HCX to handle all the migrations and plan all that things out and do all the good things that HCX does. All right. In place, end to end. Um, so the big deal to pay attention on this one If my pen will work, is that one. The, the only certain prescriptive network topologies are supported for this end-to-end in-place migration. So this is the uh, migration scenario where the workloads don't really move. We're just converting the host as it is from an NSX or a vSphere host to an NSX T host. So in this, 
again, we're, we're going to read the configuration and start building things out from the manager side. We're going to uninstall the NSX for vSphere VIBs, install the NSXT kernel modules, you know, stand up the VDS, you know, connect it to the hardware and build the environment out. And at that point, it stops being an NSX for vSphere host and moves into an NSXT host. And all the while, your workloads didn't go anywhere. So again, um, needs to be fully supported in the way that this year, the way that your networks work and the way that your workloads can support it. There's lots of risk involved here for workloads um, because they, you know, your, your application teams have to be okay with the workload being offline for a period of time while the, while the host transitions, you know, and, and, and it's, um, it, it, it's, it's one of those ones where if you can do it, it's a good way to do it because it just gets it done. Uh, but at the same point, you know, you need to make sure you cross all your T's and dot all your I's in the planning process of this. All right. Wow, are we 40 minutes in already? Holy cow. All right, so let me, yeah, this is my demo portion. So let me walk through this quick. The, the migration coordinator for, you know, for getting this, this stuff set up, uh, at least pop over to my live environment here. So when you install NSX Manager in an environment, uh, by default, you have options that are not turned on uh, because you may not necessarily need to be doing a migration. So by default, we do not enable the migration coordinator um, services within the NSX Manager itself. So uh, when you, you know, log into NSX Manager, you go to system, you go to migrate, um, you will get a note that the migration service is not running, and to start it, you need to run uh, this particular command. So let's take a look at running that process quick. It's really quick and easy. You didn't tell me it was going to be a live demo. This is exciting. So, you know, it's fairly straightforward as long as I can type correctly with all of my stuff strewn all over my desk. No promises. And I'm waiting for tab completion. There it is. So that's it. I mean, it's really just starting, you're just turning on the service that was not enabled by default. And once that fully turns itself on, and uh, there we go. Refresh. And this is something that, I mean, even if you, you know, wanted to just use, uh, I'll go through this in a second, but if you just wanted to stand up one NSXT manager in your environment, point it at your existing vCenter and do a, a migration assessment. So that is where uh, migration coordinator looks at the vSphere environment and looks at um, the things that are installed in there and basically tells you what can and cannot be migrated. We can do that in a non-destructive and non-interruptive way. Um, so this is just, you know, that's all this environment really is, is just one single NSX manager with an NSX for vSphere. So, you know, as soon as the service is available, you know, you see the, the options available to you. And then it's really just a matter of walking through the steps and getting um, your environment stood up. Um, I'm not going to run through a full process of this because I've not prepped for that, but I will walk through what it looks like. In, in my slides because that's going to be a little bit faster. 
So that's how you start the migration coordinator, and that's how you get to this process of, of using it for these end-to-end migration uh, use cases. Um, so it's, again, it's built in, it involves minimal downtime, it allows for in-place upgrades, it, you know, it's fully automated, it's, it allows for you know, a do-it-yourself migration process, um, you know, it gives you a distinct upper upgrade workflow, it does the pre-flight checks, you understand who, you're, who and what you can migrate, gives you a topology view of what things are going to look like once it's done. And the most important piece is it's fully supported by GSS. So if at any point you have a problem doing this migration, uh, using the migration coordinator, you can always open up a support ticket and someone from VMware will help you. All right. So again, the stages of the migration coordinator. So once we point it at the NSX uh, destiny or the source side, you know, the original NSX or vSphere piece, we're going to look through that environment, understand what's involved in that, and then start to build our pre-migration configuration report. And it's going to tell, you know, what can and cannot be migrated, give you, give you a list of things to work on and, and potentially clean up in that old environment. Um, it'll do the configuration migration, it'll do the edge migration, it'll do the host migration, and all of this stuff in a, you know, the end-to-end -end scenario here, you can do kind of up to this point without disruption to the environment. Um, but for safekeeping, really, um, I kind of just tell people to stop here, um, right at this pre-migration configuration step, because you know, it's pretty easy to like click a button on, on this side of the config migration piece and start to actually move things over when you're not ready. Um, so make sure that, you know, if you're just wanted to do the assessment, um, you just walk through the couple of first steps of the, what the migration looks like and, and don't click on anything that's looking like it's going to execute and start to move your actual configuration over because that's where you start to cross into the term, the area of potential for risk for your environment. So again, call back to the doing this in a POC environment first, so you understand the process and you can do things. Um, and of course, with with this as well, there are rollback options. Um, you know, with the within the coordinator uh, migration coordinator, you know, user interface. So you can roll back, you know, the, the edges. You can roll back the hosts, and you know, you can get things moved back. So if there are problems, you can always step back. Let's kind of speed up a little bit here. Again, in the prerequisite stage, the things that we need to pay attention to, again, you know, we're coming from an NSX for vSphere stable environment. It needs to be patched. Uh, again, 6.4.6 really is probably recommended or later. Um, you know, the, the NSX v manager needs to be in a standalone role. So if you're using any sort of cross vCenter NSX for vSphere environment or using, you know, the old NSX multi-site um, topologies with NSX for vSphere, where you had you know, primary and secondary managers where things are replicating between two sites. Um, at, as of today, um, the secondary sites cannot be connected. So you can have a primary NSX manager turned on, but you can't have a secondary uh, connected to it if you were using the cross vCenter NSX topologies. So, um, you know, again, those are, those are the territories where we enter some more custom migration scenarios that the, the migration coordinator is not at this point prepared to deal with. So if you're using this just in a single site, um, we, you know, we're a standalone mode, um, you know, we've, got, we've got it covered, no problem. Um, the, again, on the vSphere side, you know, we can't have any pending host reboots. Um, and you know, we're going to go backwards to vSphere 6.5 as well uh, from, from an NSXT compatibility standpoint. Um, and you, and really realistically as well too, depending upon the migration scenario you're working through, you know this might be kind of a duh, but um, available capacity to put hosts in maintenance mode so you can do VD virtual distributed switch transitions on them um, is also a, a, you know a, a risk or a, or a caveat to to the process to make sure you have that in place. That extra capacity is good to do. Again, then the and you know, also we have done you know part of the prerequisites we have to have the NSXT management cluster stood up, uh, edge nodes deployed, um, and things for those uh, edge functions to get migrated to, um, and then you know any of those independent edges deployed via the uh, you know uh, the standalone edges deployed via an OVA are not handled via the NSX UI, so those are those standalone pieces to do like the layer two extension.
So yeah, step two in the migration coordinator. So this is the part where, yeah, we've connected it to the vSphere, has imported information over. Now we're resolving conflicts within the migration uh, configuration itself. So once we've read what that environment looks like, we'll then kick out you know, a thing of, you know, here's some things to be considered. Um, you know, so there are, there are certain things which will require action. Um, there are certain things where we're just going to call out risk. And there are things where we're just going to say, you're good to go. Um, and so, you know, as with all types of things in migrations, you know, you have to clear this list of risks before we'll let you continue and can and move on. Um, and there will be actions that you have to select and things that you have to do, uh, questions and decisions you have to make as you work through the process to clear this thing out. And this is kind of the non-impactful part of it where, you know, it's, it's read the configuration, it's understood, you know, what you're trying to do and telling you where you need to go. So this would be what the assessment view looks like if you were just doing this in an assessment mode. And then finally, yeah, we get to the actual migrate configuration stage. So, you know, you've read the, you know, read the configuration, you've resolved any potential conflicts and, and configuration issues within the environment. And now you've you know, gone ahead and pushed the configuration from the NSX for vSphere environment into the NSX team. Uh, and that's kind of the piece of that. Um, so kind of the, the other networky piece to this thing is, of course, migrating edges. Um, if you're using, um, you know, edge services gateways or the DLR, um, you know, you've got, you know, likely uh, equal cost multipath routed gateways at, at the top of rack in a virtual stance. Um, and that's what's peering through your top of rack BGP, you know, physical infrastructure. You know, how do we get those things moved over? Um, so really, you know, it's again, it's the migration coordinator doing its job to pre-configure that environment um, as it moves things over. Um, you know, north-south traffic will be interrupted during an edge migration. So again, that is a, a risk that you're going to have to call out as, through, as you go through this process. Um, you know, and then the workloads, will, will, they're going to continue to be running and need to be accessed. Um, you know, we're going to have to swing those things over and swing the gateways over allow time again for the BGP peering to understand where the network is now um, so that it can move things over. Uh, and, and Or even in a scenario, if you're using new IP addresses, um, you know, those things need to be learned within your environment as well. So there's time and, and uh, you know, constraints and things to, to figure uh, the time it takes for those networks to go live. So again, lots of moving parts and pieces to these things. Um, and, you know, depending upon what level of uh, deployment you are will determine kind of the complexity thing as where, where things need to go. And of course, you can do the edge migration rollback as a function as well. All right, here's sort of the VDS or distributed switch bits that you're interested in, Ken. Super interested, super duper. Okay. So for an in-place migration, again, the, the hosts, uh, the VM stays in place on the host. Uh, the VIBs, you know, get pulled out. And, you know, the, the distributed firewall rules, uh, you know, will stay in place at this, at this juncture. Um, so once, you know, we, we remove the NSX for vSphere VIBs, we install the NSX T VIBs, we create a new NSX virtual distributed switch for each VDS that's in, involved. So again, this is... Uh, prior to vSphere 7 with the virtual distributed switch 7. So we're going to stand up a new NVDS for each vSphere 6, I'll call it, virtual distributed switch that's in the environment. We'll migrate those work those NICs over to the NVDS, and we will remove the old VDS from the environment. So that is fully automated. That's how the process works, and it's what happens when you do this um, in-place migration to step things over. So that's the legacy way, I'll call it, with the non-VDS7. So with VDS7, in a maintenance mode, again, fully automated, we're talking host one, host two here, you're going to evacuate the host, remove the NSX for vSphere VIBs, install the NSXT VIBs um, with, without um, VDS seven. Each each VDS gets an NVDS. The the, the NICs move over. 
workloads move back and then we can do the same thing on the other one. Now on the, let me go back here. On with the VDS seven, similar process, except, you know, we will, you know, migrate the VMs, evacuate the hosts, remove the NSX for vSphere VIBs, install NSXT, configure the existing VDS seven for NSXT that happens as part of the process of preparing the host. So basically NSXT just owns the VDS that's there. Um, and then we can migrate those VMs back over and complete the process on the other host. So as you can see, it's pretty clear to see, you know, if you're on vSphere 7, um, that's the recommended path to get to vSphere 7 as quickly as possible, really before you get to NSXT, because it really just makes the overall migration path and process much, much more simpler. Um, and, you know, because because ultimately, um, if you're going back to this step where you're moving things to an NVDS, um, you're setting yourself up for a two-step move because the NVDS is a construct that is going to be end of life at some point. Um, you know, it's for, for, if you're stuck on vSphere, you know, 6.5, 6.7 for the time period that you're in, hopefully you're on your way out of that. Um, but if, if you're stuck there and this is the only way to do it, you're going to have to do a leapfrog uh, migration with NSX at, again at some point where you're gonna have to move those workloads to a vSphere backed, uh, vSphere seven backed distributed switch. So that's why it's advantageous to do the vSphere seven move first um, to get there. All right, uh, a couple minutes left here while I wrap this up. So quick to lightning round topology review. Let's call this. Um, so this topology contains, uh, you know, a distributed logical router peering with an edge services gateway. You know, ECMP is not configured. The edge services gateways are in a high available configuration. Uh, BGP or static routing gets configured between the ESGs and the northbound top of rack. Um, an edge service gateway can be running, you know, layer, layer four to layer seven services. Um, you know, so and then after the migration. Um, you know, get the, you know, the configuration gets replaced with a tier zero gateway, the tier zero service router, the, uh, the, the, the part that actually runs stateful services within NSXT, um, you know, gets deployed in there as well. And then we can start to move, you know, uh, workloads over and, and have them exist on similar uh, network platforms because, again, we've read the configuration, copied it over, pushed it into the new environment and move things over. So it's... Um, you know, if you have a topology that looks like this, you know, this is sort of how we then split it out on the other side with this, you know, so we go from a pair of ESGs and a DLR to a pair of edge nodes and a tier zero. And that's how we get there um, with, with, with that particular review. So ESGs um, con configured with ECMP, um, this is kind of what it looks like, uh, you know, where you know, BGP, again, is configured between the edge services gateways and the northbound routers. Um, the edge services gateways must be configured with the same, you know, BGP neighbors. The, you know, the services gateways can point to the same autonomous system. Um, if BGP, you know, is configured between the DLR and the edge services gateway, all those BGP neighbors on the DLR must have the same weight. Um, otherwise, we can have some networks, you know, taking over things. And then that's, you know, as you're standing this sort of sort of topology up, you know, if you're especially if you're doing this side by side, you don't want to be standing up something that's going to start stealing your, your routes and in, 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 in the process of you building this thing out um, until you're actually ready to start migrating those workloads over. Um, and, you know, again, it's the same process we've been talking through the whole time. We read the configuration, we push it over, we build it out. So again, you run off with, you know, an, uh, a pair of ESGs in ECMP mode, a single DLR, um, go to a pair of edge nodes with services and a single tier zero. So this, this sort of, uh, this is sort of our workload workhorse configuration where we're doing, um, you know, a pair of edge nodes to do the physical bridging and then moving all everything into a single logical distributed tier zero routing construct within the software defined network that is NSXT. Uh, last couple of ones here, and I'm we're trying to speed through and wrap this up. Um, 
so this one, the, really the only real difference here is, is if you're doing this in kind of a multi-tier network methodology, you know, we're still going from, um, you know, a pair of ESGs and, and a pair of, and a, down to a secondary pair of ESGs, which are running for highly available stable services. Um, you know, really it's kind of this uh, very similar scenario again, you know, pair of edge nodes, service routers, single tier zero, but now we're running this down to a tier one. So this is how we can get to, you know, multi-tenant type operations. So if you needed to have multiple tier ones underneath the tier zero, um, you know, we can, you can kind of build the, this will be like the core configuration to get you to that step. Um, but it enables that kind of second level uh, of, of networking within the environment. So you can uh, scale things out if you're in an environment that requires massive network scale. All right. Uh, so this is where we're doing um, load balancing stateful services within the environment on top of uh, the, the tier one uh, gate or tier one, tier one router within side of the NSXT environment. So we're going to, you know, pull over some of those services from, um, you know, the NSX for vSphere ESGs. So those ESG stable services like load balancing, um, you know, can get pulled over to a, a, a stateful appliance that lives inside of the NSXT environment. Um, this one I think is probably my, my favorite of the scenarios because it's the simplest of all of them. Um, so we're not doing any networking within the software-defined networking components of NSX. We're doing, you know, just straight distributed firewall, um, micro for micro segmentation and security. Um, you know, if, if, if you were, and if you were not using this before an NSX release, this is the thing all NSXT customers need to be doing. Um, it's just, just simply enabling security for their existing networks. Uh, you know, we don't have to go through this methodology of, re-architecting all of your physical network and routing and all that stuff into um, software-defined network layers. We can just sit on top of your workloads and put firewalls on all your workloads directly without having to go through the effort of re-architecting re and rechanging and, and remapping all of your networks out. Um, this is probably the, the simplest real method where, again, we're going to just kind of read the configuration, understand the distributed firewalling policy, uh, for your VLAN back networks, the VLAN back networks are going to exist on the on the source and destination because usually they're on the same physical network. It's really just a matter of um, you know NSX manager reading the host configuration, understanding your groups, your IP segments, uh, how your rules are get up getting applied, and pushing them over statefully so that you can move things over um, and have the the workload uh, security state move with the workload from V to T. Um, it's, it's pretty slick the way this happens so that you can have, you know, really a, a kind of a V motion event where you go from one place to the next and have your workload security follow with it. Um, that to me is, um, one of the more beneficial approaches of doing this, especially if you're trying to do this without downtime. Um, you know, if you don't have to move networks around, if you just want to obtain security, um, you know, this is, the kind of the way that I, I like to walk through it. Uh, let's see, I'm running out of time. So I'm going to try to look at one other thing. If there's any piece of this that I need to really cover over. Um, I think that really is it. The last real piece is if you're doing a lift and shift migration where you're just doing distributed firewalling only, uh, and you're not doing any of the networking components, you know, there is the same basic walkthrough method flow for, um, the prereqs, the migrations, the config. And again, do you can do this non-disruptive assessment piece of the product so that you can understand, you know, where things are going from and to. And it's, you know, yeah, going from a stable environment in NSX for vSphere to the stable environment in NSXT. Um, you know, you can, but we'll read the configuration, pull over the rules that we are able to migrate and, and get them deployed in a way that makes sense for, for the NSXT environment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll copy over the, the VNIs uh, to ma match them up from one to the next and so that the segments um, are understood within your environment as well. Um, and it really just makes for a, you know, a simple transi transition where you're doing uh, the, the workload migration, but maintaining your security policy, which is kind of the thing that most customers are really after is 
how do we do this in the simplest way possible that gets us the most security and simplicity possible. So that's sort of where we have to wrap things up. Ken, any questions that I might have missed? I don't see any open questions right now. Uh, I'll just say one more time. Thanks so much for doing this, Brent. It was awesome. Great follow-up yeah. and great stuff. And, and, and to my live audience, Tony, what did you think? Good. All right. I did have one question. Oh, I, I oh here we go. Another, another question. Oh, wow. A live question from the live audience. Nice. Is your, is your new car faster than an actor NSX? Oh, uh, no, no, it is not. Still yeah, if, if you believed in it yeah. so much, Britain, why didn't you buy an Acura NSX? That's what I want. Yeah, it's beyond my pay grade at this point. <laughs> yeah. So. So what's what's the best resource for somebody? Obviously, you went in in pretty good detail here for something as far as a migration scenario. But what do you think are the best resources out there? This is more geared towards people that already have NSX, but somebody that is a novice that doesn't know NSX very well and wants to get started, like VMware Tech Zone, is that where you guide them, or yeah, spot hands tabs? Um, uh, I. You know, this is what I do for all of my customers that I cheat and I point them back to last year's V Brown bag series. Um, I don't know how many times, and this is why I have said over and over in the series that the, the V Brown bag team cannot delete this from YouTube because I use it all the time. Um, I, I point people back there all the time because it's really the groundwork framework level without going into the full install configure manage class. I, I built that series to be a um as you know a really uh, cliff notes version of the install configure manage class so you can get there's some really good technical details out of it without spending an entire week in a class um and so i always point people back to that of course there's nsx tech zone of course there are books but you know uh to toot my own horn a little bit uh, you know ken and i worked really hard i feel like on that original the brown bag series and this one too um and so that's that's my main place that i point people back to and I always you know, share it within um, you know, the, my own uh, peer network circle for other NSX SEs. Like, hey, if you have customers who want technical resources, this is, well, this is stuff that I've done that's out there. Um, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on it. One correction. You worked really hard on that one, Britton. I, I was just in the face. Um, <laughs> All right, well. And, you know, I'll tell folks that are maybe watching this, you know, after the fact, um, there's more risk of that bit.ly link not working than us taking it down from YouTube. So if you can't find it, yeah, there is a playlist in the YouTube channel for V Brown Bag if you want to find that 2020 series. Uh, so you don't have to go searching the entire entirety of V Brown Bag's YouTube channel. Look for the NSXT series. Yeah. And, and hopefully they'll create another playlist for this series or just add this one to that one. But what's preferable? Yeah, uh, either is fine, really, I think. But all right. All right. Well, uh, it doesn't look like there's any more questions uh, coming in. So that's a wrap. Thanks again, Britain. And thanks everybody who joined us. And yep. thank you, Ken. We'll see you next time. There's an NSXT update series, everyone. Or before <laughs> then. Uh, two weeks from today. I'm not sure we've got something going on to tomorrow uh, or next week, but two weeks from today, we're going to kick off our uh, Kubernetes certified Kubernetes administrator exam series, CKA. We still have a couple open speaking slots. If you know anybody, uh, for those of you who may be watching tonight or on YouTube later, that uh, would be a good fit for that, that. Please connect them with us. Let them know. Voluntell them. That's the V Brown Bag way. Don't, don't volunteer them. Voluntell them. Hey, you're presenting on V Brown Bag for the CKA exam prep series. All right, that's it for now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again.